You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Celtics Stuff Live with your hosts Justin Poulin and John Duke. Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for audio and video coverage of the Boston Celtics, and my head is about to explode. This is not going to be a positive show. You are not going to enjoy listening to this in the morning if you just finished your freaking yoga. It's not going to be cool. It isn't cool. It is a shit show. Get ready, John. Let's warm it up, baby. <laughs> this is right out of I, – I, this is this takes me back to post-game podcasts uh, against you know Cleveland Cavaliers, against uh, the, the Magic – um, you know, this is the Lakers series. Uh, this was right out of central casting. And I love the intro that you had, man, because that was totally like a Montreal screw job of games. That was a game where there was every possible opportunity that those at the home office in Secaucus, New Jersey could call in and try to give whatever chances they could to the Toronto Raptors to pull that game out. I, I, you know what I really is, like too. You know what I like what about a Brad. Joke. It yeah. was a total joke. And here's what I like about Brad. And in the, in the officials, this is how you know they're in for it. You know what I mean? Like that there's an agenda for a game seven. Number one, never mind the fact that Giannis is injured and really isn't going to contribute. So that series was series was over anyway. If that dude was healthy, they would have found a way to push that a few more games. For mm. sure. As soon as he was hurt, it's like, let's not call attention to that. Let's build this other opportunity to go seven. And, you know, the only game that the officials have not influenced in keeping Toronto in it, you know, really was game four. Celtics came out hanging their heads a little bit, didn't play with that same energy, but they dominated those first two games. And not because the officials let the Celtics get to the line. If you're really watching closely, Toronto was playing shit defense 60% of the time. Absolute shit defense. And when a team plays defense that poorly, they should never be in games like this. And I'm not saying, oh, they didn't make big shots. Yeah, they still made big shots. What I'm saying is it's manufactured because the Celtics have played pretty much 
lockdown defense, except for game four, most of this series for a good 38 of the 48 minutes per game. But Toronto is breaking down constantly, and the Celtics are hitting those open shots. But when Toronto is falling out, then all of a sudden the game slows down, the fouls come up. The only real gripe I have in this game six against the Celtics is that they should have forced the issue inside in that third quarter way sooner. I was just sitting there screaming at the TV, and I'm like, you have to make an issue of this with the officials right now. If you keep shooting outside shots, it's not going to go where you need it to go. You've got to put the pressure on the Raptors inside and the defense. And even when you look at the way that they played almost the entire uh, overtime, the way that they attacked and fed Tice and everything else, it totally exposed it. You know, it, it, there's only so many calls when they do the review that the officials can get criticized on. And your job, in when it's starting to hit the fan the way it was in the third quarter, is to attack that and expose that shit as hard as you can. That's where that's the only mistake I'm going to throw with the Celtics. The rest of the way, man, uh, they they are just giving Toronto way too many opportunities. And the way that regulation ended was disgusting, disgusting. I mean, I, I there are so many different situations that I, I know a lot of people who do the podcast. We do this without notes. I don't take notes. I just usually there's there's only a handful of memorable moments that really stand out. But how many different opportunities came up that just completely tilted the balance of the game? Whether you want to talk about Tatum's, you know, phantom uh, technical call, somehow you could get a technical and then just in the course of driving the lane. I don't understand that. That was a foul for him as he was going to the basket. No shots and side out of bounds. Then you take Tice's fouls where he was fouled numerous times not far not hard not playoff fouls but certainly as hard as any other fouls that i've seen during this game no call the two on the line the tice ones the two Mm -hmm. right along the uh the the sidelines you know the first one was bogus the second one's a non-call the way that they're non-calling toronto and you want to know how i know toronto's playing shit defense because they get to grab Everybody on the perimeter, it's the only freaking way they can keep up with the Celtics is to get up there, grab them and hook them with so many moving screens on the perimeter on offense. It's disgusting. I cannot believe. And even that foul at the end that they didn't call. And I don't want the game to end on a foul call. I just don't want them to allow Marcus Sald to go up to Marcus Smart and shove his ass like it's a wrestling freaking move into the ground if they're not. If they're calling the ticky-tack shit the rest of the way, it, it's it's ludicrous the way that Toronto is getting the opportunity to clutch and grab to make up for their crap-ass defense. And they're a strong defensive team. They're just not playing strong defensively in this series. And then they're getting away with the cheats and the shortcuts that make that not as noticeable. Yeah, no, it's no. You're absolutely right. I mean, the amount of clutching and grabbing that Siakam was doing on Tatum, the amount of you know, really all of them, and and then you know, I was glad you mentioned that Gasol thing because I think that's something that you know the the, the broadcasters were ready to move on. Oh my God, someone put Mark Jackson out to the glue factory, and you can bring Mike Breen with him. Those two. 
it was Mute City for me. I, I literally, literally, it's just it's horrendous, and we're gonna have to listen to this. I, I know I've been complaining. They about know the fixes in years. It's so clear. It's so clear. Yes, from, that's what I was just third, gonna say. The minute the Toronto hits on. a big shot, it's like, oh my god, finally yeah. they hit a big shot because we've been waiting to get excited about going to Game Seven for like five minutes of shit basketball by Toronto. That's what's and, and, killing me. And and, and every, anybody who says, oh well, well, it's just the way he calls it. No, no, no. He this is there is an extreme difference in excitement. It, it's just it's there. It's it's like knocked away by Tatum, but what an amazing play by Lowry. You know, everything is just amplified, and I don't care what anybody says. Mike Breen is worthless. He is completely the worst broadcaster there is. Give me Mark Jones. Give me Kevin Harlan. I won't say give me Brian Anderson, but Ian Eagle. I mean, there is a, a, a dozen guys I'd rather hear call these games. And Mark Jackson, that guy is horrendous. He's the worst. He is the worst color guy in the NBA. NBA. I don't care if you're talking about Reggie Miller. I don't care if you're talking about Chris Webber. He is the worst. If he's on the top team, get get, out, get rid of him. Oh, it's terrible. He's terrible. But that that's beside the point. The point of this is the game. And the game tonight – was a screw job. It was the Orlando screw job. That's what it is. This was a WWE situation. And I know people, there's people turn off the podcast right now. And I don't really care. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm pissed. This is ridiculous. The Celtics have been in. It only bothers me because it's been going on game after game where, and, and I, and I'm all about the physicality. Don't get me wrong. I am all about the physicality. Like I get it. But you can't call the ticky-tack physical shit on a Tice, on some of these, you know, and and look well, at... Tice, okay, yeah. the Tice throw put down. The Tice where he put, he, he threw one down there, hand on him as he's going to the... As he, as he throws it in, right? He's dunking it. He's fouled as he, as he dunks it. No call. No call. Not, certainly more contact than Norm Powell had on his and one. But right. you know Tony Brothers was willing to put that I – mean, that was going to happen. That was premeditator, premeditated, and he had that thing lined up from the moment that Norm got over half court. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy. And, and look, I'm not – look, Toronto was making shots. Celtics need to do a better job defensively. Celtics had too many turnovers in situations. The Celtics didn't have enough offensive flow, I think. They were not moving and passing like they need to to try to take advantage of – of the Toronto defense, but I don't care. There is no perfect game. You cannot throw a perfect basketball game. It just doesn't happen. So to sit there, and, and I've seen some people out there, there's hosts, CLNS host, uh, who's go unnamed, Adam Kaufman, who is like, you know, this, the, the refs didn't blow this game, or I don't want to hear about the refs. Screw that, man. That's bull. You know Do you what? See like, yeah, you see danger cart? You see danger cart? Way out of character. When when he when he throws up the flag, I know <laughs> yeah. something's up. You know what I mean? Yeah. The rest of them are just like towing a towing a company line on you know the players play the game and and dot 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 right. But I'll be honest with you, Danger Cart or I called him Danger Cat in my in my retweeting with yeah you know just because he likes cats. But anyway, yeah. he does like cats. So the Danger Cat, you know as I will fondly refer to him, he's very much like every time I complain about the officials, I then look over at danger cat and he's like, the officials did not cost a team this game. 
He's over the moon on how this one got ripped, ripped from their hands. And and I got to tell you, you know, yeah, it does happen. We all know it happens. We've seen it. You know, Tim Donaghy told us about it. It's there, man. It's there. And in this case, it's been pretty egregious. You know, this should have I'm not saying it definitely should have been a sweep, but even that game three. That got stolen from them, and it's just like, can we keep Toronto in this and give them a puncher's chance? And they can make buckets. They absolutely can make buckets. But this game, I just don't. I just don't see it, man. And I, I do think there are certain things that the Celtics probably could have done and adjusted on. I mentioned my peeved third quarter. But I also think that there would have just been another way to make sure that Toronto was in this at the end. And they want they need it to go seven, right? They need it to go seven. They do, yeah. But one team was ready to make this done early, but they, they couldn't afford to have that happen. You know, right. meanwhile, Miami's sitting back resting, you know, Jimmy Butler's, you know, uh, sprained wrist or whatever he did there at the end against uh, you know, the Bucks is, is getting better. And meanwhile, the Celtics just played two overtimes, grinding out two overtimes, you know. And Lowry got healthy. And and, and, and look, different deal, right? Totally different deal. But but I was thinking in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is bigger than basketball, et cetera, et cetera. But you're giving Lowry a chance to get healthy and it could hurt. (laughs) You know, and you're right. The same thing's happening with Miami. You know, because this has been falsely dragged out to seven games, you're letting, you know, that team get healthy and rested after a fairly easy series for them to begin with. Like, yeah, Butler got the injury, but the series overall didn't tax them. They certainly didn't go into the double overtimes and seven games. You know, here's the drama. Here's the narrative. This is my prediction. I know we usually save it for the end. I think the Celtics absolutely destroy Toronto. Uh, in game seven, you know, you were you were setting this up as soon as you saw <laughs> who's going to be officiating this game. You're like, there it is. You know, yep. <laughs> bring them out. <laughs> bring out your dad. Like, we know it's going to happen bring here. You. you know, <laughs> know what's going to happen. And yeah. it's a cesspool. And so but I'm just telling you, I bet that Gordon Hayward is approved at noon. They say he's going to play. He's not in the starting lineup, and with Marcus Smart's, what, near triple-double, he probably shouldn't get back into the starting lineup until Smart looks gross because he doesn't look – he looks like the guy who was actually carrying them, other than Jalen Brown, to victory in this series. And so I think he's got a spot in the starting lineup, especially if Hayward's not knocked the rust off and doesn't know how his ankle is. But there's just this whole thing that could happen on Friday with Hayward coming in and – you know, and then all of a sudden there's enough depth and, and they and then the I think the officials cool it down. I think they know who the better basketball team is, and I don't think they necessarily want to have to do this through another round. What a great story it would be to have Toronto be able to play uh, the Clippers. Right. So Kawhi defects. They're in the finals. Oh, who could have thought that Toronto would make it back? Oh, it's so amazing. And then they play Kawhi. Like, great nor- great narrative, great storyline. They're not the better team in this series. 
they'll have to get some manufactured BS to get through Miami the way Miami's playing. That's going to be a tough series for the Celtics as it is. I mean, Miami's played the Celtics tough all year, but if if they're going to if they're going to waltz, you know, Toronto all the way to the finals, it's going to look pretty bad. And then when they get there, they're just not going to be able to keep it up and the Clippers are going to just go bananas on them. That's what I think. Well, I I I don't know. I I I'm not I'm not ready to go there after this one. I'm just I'm so amped up about game 7 right now that I can't even so I don't even Trump. know what I'm going to do. I mean, first of all, 9 o'clock on, on Friday, like, what the hell is that about? That's weird. Okay? What is? Like, that's just the 9 o'clock start time for for uh, for the game on Friday night. That's weird. I mean, I'm glad they have a little bit more time maybe to rest. But, like, honestly, I, I, I think it benefits the Celtics actually to have a, a shorter turnaround. Because the Raptors have been playing a lot of minutes the whole, the whole series. So I think that cumulative rest is actually, or the, the rest versus the the cumulative um, minutes, I think is actually a benefit for Boston. But um, you know, I I I, I don't know. I just don't understand. Like I think in terms of offensive, they've got to they've got to spend some time trying to figure out something to get going. I mean, they got to they got to find a way to get Kemba going. I mean, you know, in the, the you know, whether you're talking about game four, you're talking about game six, in both instances, you know, Kemba really not only doesn't shoot well, but doesn't shoot enough. I mean, two for 11 tonight, you know, um, you know, nine shots in game four, um, you know, that's, he needs to just be putting them up, you know, and, and yeah, he wasn't shooting a good percentage for that time, but, you know, you got to have that. He had that clutch, you know, step back um, and really, I think, got fouled on his one going to the basket too, but, you know. You know who um, yeah. was really clutch? Who was really clutch coming off the bench? Grant Williams. Grant Williams was good. Yeah. Two big three-pointers when they were flattening yeah. out on that offense, when I was criticizing them for not going inside. You know, that kept them in the game. That was starting to slip away on them. And mm-hmm. uh, and he's been pretty – you know, for a guy that – how long did it take him to hit his first three-pointer? Like, remember, that conversation's not even yeah. 12 12- stale the, right. <laughs> i remember Oprah's first game. 25 right exactly i remember the game when he finally made one and gorman is like all right he finally you know and like everybody's like rooting for him but in the postseason like i don't know if we can find the stats but in the in in the series against philly and and uh and the in the series against toronto if you aggregate like i think he's shooting like 65 percent from three-point land um, and he's playing limited minutes. It's a, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. It is. A young guy. I, wh- what's that? For a young guy in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he was a negative five, but I I think that there's, you know, I I really didn't think Tice had that good of a game. He had a great game five. Really didn't, but he he really came on in that second overtime. I thought he had a. I thought you know, both overtimes really he was quite good. Not so much at the end of the game, uh, at the end of the regulation. I really wanted them to try to find a way to take advantage of him. It, it really seemed like until they started going up over the top, uh, when they kind of would he get mashed up on a small guy uh, in the paint, you know, until they started doing that, they really weren't taking advantage of him. It's like, where is the, where's the, where's the, you know, the advantage? I kept saying that. Where's the advantage? Where seek out the advantage because there's got to be one out there. I mean, they, they're switching everything. Eventually, you got a Van Vliet on a on a Tatum. I don't know why he's not shooting over the top of him. You know that you've got Tyson in the post. Take advantage of him. You know Jalen from the moment he got that fourth foul, 
it threw off his entire game, you know, and until yeah, that, point, that, that, that point, was he intense. was that, you know, and it was, you know, I, I you, know, you could say whether what, what it was a good or bad foul, but, you know, he, he never really came out of that. The point is, is Lowry flopped like six times after his fifth foul and never got booted, you know, right. and that's the kind of garbage. And it's on Jalen to force the issue once again. Just so you know, though, I did look it up. Grant Williams, six for 10 from three point land in the postseason in nine games and 106 minutes played. So he's, he's barely, you know, not quite 12 minutes per game. And he's shooting 60% from beyond the arc. And a lot of times he's in there in some minutes when they really need some offense. I, I got, you know, I want to throw a little bit of positivity in there just so that I can see. Oh, yeah. Now this pisses me off. The NBA, this is their update that just came across on their app. Lowry fade Celtics, smiley face sunglasses. Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry caps gutsy performance. Like seriously, dude. Like right. stop. Just stop. Right. right. It, you know, it's the passive, like, cheering that drives me crazy. It's the, it's the Mike Breen stuff. It's the, oh, yeah, isn't this great? This team's doing well. It's like, what the hell is that about? Like The I, league I, hates I, young players, dude. The well, league treats them like garbage. I just, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think it depends upon who you are. I think some teams are are given that shine and some aren't. If Luca did that, you you think they would do that to him? Oh no, no way, no way. But some don't have that shine, and and the Celtics are not. They're not going to be get. They're not going to get those calls, you know. Um. So yeah, I just I just can't believe you know whatever. That's but that's that passive stuff. It's that stuff that yeah sure Breen's not cheering for. Uh, Toronto, he's not, you know, he's gonna have a red, you know, we're, we're in a friggin', you know, red and purple tie or something or whatever. But like, there, there's passive cheering that happens, and that exactly that sort of thing is, is it something of itself? No, but you take all of the things together and you're like, what the hell is this? You know, why are we doing this? Um, you know, and I don't know. There's just weird people who handle these sort of things. I, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Game Seven. I think, as you said, I think the Celtics are going to take care of it. might be up until freaking 2 a.m. watching it. Jesus, for real. For real. I think it's going to be a blowout. I seriously think the way that that game ended on the court and Marcus Smart, like that gutsy performance, and then he gets shoved to the ground. He's basically ready to start a fight. Get Mm -hmm. ready. They are like, I don't know how the officials are going to deal with this, right? Because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to influence the game and definitely not a game seven. Cause so, you know, there better be a decent amount of coaching from Brad in that locker room. Just go out there and punch these mofos in the face, right in the mouth, knock their teeth out. You know, like it, <laughs> there's no way they can foul out the biggest players in a game seven. Ooh. And all you have to do is wait and watch. You know, the first quarter to see how how physical they, they let them be. And, and maybe you take it easy and play smooth, but then in the second half, you just pour it on. You just you just shove it down their throat. I'm ready for that. I'm ready for that. And speaking of someone whose throat, I want to shove it down. Uh, Nick Nurse uh, has now become the most disliked, even more than Kyle Lowry, the most disliked Raptor by far in my mind. Uh, and so here we go. This is uh, this is Jalen Brown on Nick Nurse coming onto the court. Grown men should be able to control themselves, especially the coaches and coaching staff. 
but nothing we can do. We just got to be ready to fight. <laughs> He's out of control. You know, uh, yeah. Sam Jam Packer nailed it. He is a Karen. All he does is whine and complain all the time. I think the shine is off the Nick Nick Nurse, you know, uh, uh, Rose. Bald spot. Off the the bald spot. Like, dude. <laughs> Like whatever, man. It's move. Like he is so bratty. Like I'm done with him. You know, I, I the idea that the league wants to showcase him as one of the, the finest coaches. Like, look, the guy who's been out coaching him. I and I believe that is the guy on the other sideline. Brad has out coached him in this series, and I don't care if you throw 18 different junk defenses at somebody. That's when, when does Brad get coach of the year? You know what I mean? Never, like he's he's never, been never how many times? Has, I know how many times has he got a team to the Eastern Conference Finals that probably didn't even belong there? And how many how many times has he gotten more value? He's got young players that they say are too young, you know. And they were even talking about it tonight. They're like, oh man, this this young Celtics club, you know, you got Jalen Brown is twenty three, and you know Jason Tatum is twenty two, and oh man, they've got a lot of playoff experience under their belts. You know how many people? consistently are in this spot and and i get it they've got you know kemba walker but seriously with hayward injured injured and look at what they're doing you know they and they beat philly like are are there really any veterans on this club that you can say are like you know reputation players who are getting what kyle lowry gets and carrying this team no no you can't and and kemba's thrown up a bunch of stinkers and when he's not generating offense, he's a little bit of a liability on defense. So even with that veteran presence, who's great in the locker room, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to disparage Kemba Walker when I go down this path. I'm just saying, like, when does Brad get the recognition for being able to put something together with some young players who – how many young players in the league, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's age, have been able to have this much playoff experience at this age – and been able to hit big shots. We can go back two years when Jalen Brown was 21 and Tatum was a rookie at 20, and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, and Jalen Brown basically carried them through the postseason. And the fact that Jason Tatum was becoming a budding star, you know, was already on display two freaking years ago. And this yeah, guy has you- not has not won a yeah. coach of the year yet, and but, he doesn't even seem to be in the conversation. That's the deal, though, right? Like, he had his time that people were paying attention to him when, you know, the Isaiah Thomas years and when they did well. And now it's like, well, he's good. But now we look find faults with him. It's like every young player, right? They get hyped, 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 hyped. And then there comes a point when you see that they're not, like, the perfect player that there ever was. And then we tear them apart. Like, that's pretty much, like, the whole arc of every single player ever. But they haven't you know done I mean? it to Tatum. Yeah, it is. But they haven't done it to Tatum yet, which is interesting well, because, well, listen. Year. Yeah, but yeah, this I'd year they haven't. His, yeah, but look his, at this series, right? They could be beating Tatum up for not dominating like he did in the Philly series. Never mind the fact that, like we talked about, they're being allowed to grab and clutch him and prevent him from really getting any off ball, you know, kind of momentum going. I mean, the catch and shoot. And what does he do? How many plays did he make? How about the one where Jalen Brown, who had a hot first half, is cold, shoots it from the corner, basically is almost an air ball. They come back down the floor, and Tatum has enough space for a Tatum three. I'll say that. 
looks it off anyway and shoots it back to Brown in the exact same spot. Brown hits that, knocks that shot. Total faith in your buddy. I think Smart got the next one, and then Jalen sets up Tatum, and he hits one. Like, the way that they are bought into Brad's whole scheme and caring about each other, it will be a travesty if this gets taken away for whiny little bitch Nick Nurse and and floppy fucking Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think that they're the better team. They've earned to move on, and, you know, we're not for – a freak shot um, and a complete screw job. Uh, again, the Orlando screw job TM. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think were it not for those those two factors, this series is over, and we're already talking about Miami. You know, starting that series on on Sunday or whatever. You know, but the other thing is, is Tatum. Tatum was twenty nine fourteen nine tonight with two steals and two blocks, and yeah, he had two turnovers, he had six turnovers. But he also had nine assists, so like a one and a half. That's what I mean. He adjusted, and a lot of his points came in the overtime, right? Without overtime, I don't know what he had at the end of regulation, but it certainly was. I don't think it was in the 20s. You know, it was a pretty pedestrian effort by him. Well, I I don't know. I mean, he, he probably had, you know, he probably only had 15 shots or so, but that's still, I mean, to create – I don't think he's – I mean, he's, he's through the series, before tonight, he averaged 22 points. So it's not like he's been bad. He just hasn't been dominant. And other guys have had to – they've been trying to force the ball out of his hands, basically. You know, let others beat him. And yeah, Jaylen he's definitely adjusting to the pay. constant double, and they have one player who fronts him immediately. But, see, that's the issue with the double. If the first player who fronts him gets to grab him, then when they bring the double, it's exactly. always going to be effective. No. That's exactly right. So like like a lot of overtime, right? They had Siakam on him. Siakam grabs him, clutches him. You know, it didn't work as well because they were kind of running this like flare there where, you know, kind of, you know, Kemba kind of slips the screen and then kind of, or, or Tatum kind of slips his screen and gets out of the way and then creates a gap for, for Kemba to kind of drive into. And they did that a number of different times in the overtime there, second overtime. It worked, worked real well for him. But, you know, you're right. They're kind of that whole clutch and grab thing really is particularly at the end of regulation uh, in the fourth fourth quarter. It just felt like uh, it's so frustrating. Like, because why are they the getting able to yeah. get, rid, get away at with the it, end, you know? At the end of double overtime, Kyle Lowry goes, what, up the middle basically and gets, I yeah. think, an and one, which really paces them out. But at the end of regulation, Kemba Walker drives up the middle. Right. Nothing. Definitely had significant contact as, and as a no much, and a no much. call. So let me ask you: If you're an official and you don't want to influence the outcome of the game, then why at the end of regulation are you not calling an obvious foul when the players did what they're supposed to do? Everybody knows at the end of regulation you take it to the rim. You always take it to the rim, and they didn't call it. Which okay. But then at the end of double overtime, you do not put Kyle Lowry on the line. Bullshit. Right. right. What do we, I mean, and what do we always want? We want consistency. That's all we're asking for is consistency. Even call, if it's situational consistency. Just just absolutely. to add that, even if it's situational consistency. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, there's that's really the only way you can get there is if it, you know you, you, no no two circumstances are going to be exactly the like, but. 
but that's right. Situational consistency. Okay. We're going to swallow the whistle here. You know, we're not going to call everything. Okay. All right. I get all that. And yet, you know, we're, <laughs> you get to the other end and like Norm Powell's, I, again, I go back to that, that and one on smart. Was there contact? Yes. You know, that's absolutely true. Norm's the first one that made contact with Smart, who was who was square and in, in legal guarding position. You know, now you want to say, okay, the, there was a follow through and there's other contact, sure, but to throw the and one at it, like that's just insult to injury. You know, and and so yeah, they got the steal. Tatum shouldn't have tried to dribble through with all those hands and arms kind of in the middle there. That's just pull up, man. Just pull up and sink the shot. Um, but regardless, <laughs> all right, here we go. From, from yeah, from Chad Finn, the no call on Kemba's drive is the one I'm pissed about. Did he even go to the line at all tonight? Which is exactly the issue. And then a reply. Hold on. <sighs> oh great, the COVID. So uh, in reply to that, John Segru says clearly Tice fouled on the dunk in regulation. Kemba gets drilled. Van Vliet kicks out. This is the one I wanted to bring up, too, and I forgot about. Van Vliet kicks out his leg and lands on Smart. So there's a foul on Smart, leading to a six-point play. That was the most ridiculous. He, like, look, I get it. You can't be in the airspace. And I've seen that. Actually, I feel like that gets called pretty consistently. I've been okay with the airspace, and I'm definitely concerned about the ankles coming down on that play. Uh, I'm all about it. But smart, I'm sorry, if you lean into the – if you dive into the defender and then kick your lower half out, I mean, what do you get? Do you – are we – is the defender, because you're an absolute idiot, do they have to give you 8 to 12 inches of space? Like, yeah. it wasn't like he got up under his foot. You know what right. I mean? He didn't and, – and smart didn't leap out at the offensive player up in the air, but leap towards the player and then come down under their leg. You know, as a matter of fact, I don't even think smart jumped really, you know, as much as slid into the position and what nonsense. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, no, and I, I really feel like that's the, that's the play that tilted the whole game, you know, that, and that's why when people say, Oh, officials calls don't matter. That's complete and utter nonsense because there are things that happen that have tentacles that go well beyond that one play. And yeah, you should be mentally tough and you should get through it. But these things start making people feel good and get offenses rolling. And that was a situation. The Celtics were up, you know, and, and they had a solid lead. And then from that moment on, the Celtics were tracing or chasing the game the whole way until they got to the end of regulation. Dude, they need to find, they need to find nurse. I never even saw this. He's oh, on, on the, the court? in the corner on the, yeah he's on the court in the corner yeah. and Tatum because how many times did Tatum this is the other thing that drove me nuts tonight but this play is different than what I'm about to complain about but yeah uh, it's really weird because basically Tatum throws him a pass and he is literally on the on the floor near Tice like he's got to get fined for that they can't let that yeah. go. That's inappropriate as all hell, especially, oh, my God, he better get it big time. But But how many times did the Celtics go into the paint 
And then all of a sudden you hear the announcers, you know, I don't know if it was Jackson or Breen or whoever, maybe it was a combination. How many times did they go, oh, and Jason Tatum or, oh, and Jalen Brown drives into the paint and then, oh, an errant pass, an errant pass. Yeah. You know what that's called? It's called a foul. <laughs> they hit him on the arm and they're not calling it. They're not just throwing the ball, you know, randomly to nobody and missing the pass. Like I, how many times did they get hit on the arm driving into the lane like that, you know, and they're trying to make that, that, I mean, maybe the re- lesson is that they need to go stronger, you know, but they would, they would go in there'd be like three different players and everybody would take a swipe and they wouldn't call anything. And they'd be like, Oh, look at that air pass. Huh? Yeah, I don't know why you would do that. Oh, that's very yeah, interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah. But could I, I just want to go back real quick to that, that the Van Vliet play and all that. Right. So you're right. I think it has been a consistently it has been consistently called. But but if you're changing where your landing area is, I think that needs to be looked at. I think the other piece of it is that every time that the, the Raptors got a got a call, they did capitalize on it. So credit to them, you know, for taking that and then doubling the, the impact, no doubt. But like it's the, the catalyst is the call. Right. The catalyst is what they've done to cause that situation. It's Norm Powell. Yeah, Norm Powell hit the free throw after, you know, the nonsense, you know, after the Tice, you know, foul some nights, you know, just way, like they, hey, they got the tip, you know, those some days, crisis. some days you wake up and it just feels like it's your day and nothing can go wrong. And you might even say the stupidest shit. And because things are going your way, it just keeps going your way. And I feel like when the calls are just going your way, things just seem to be going your way. That's where he's then. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like, if it if the game feels easier that they can't fall out of the oh, game, then yeah. it makes it easier for them to hit the big shots, right? Right. Like, well, so here's it, so it feels and, like and it's in the flow of the game and not, you know, sure. like. They don't look. There isn't anybody on the Raptors, obviously, by the body language that's coming from Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse and others. There's nothing that's happening in that. You know, in, the, none of them feel like the officiating is was even in their favor anyway, because remember, they're, they're constantly, the series started. Remember, the series started with their with Nick Nurse complaining about Tatum getting to the foul line, and after that point in time, how many how many free throws has, has Tatum shot? You know, I mean, that how many times is that, you know, and so now he's gotten his way out of this. So he's not getting technicals. He's not getting suspended. We know that for game seven. He, you know, Tatum throws in the ball, basically, on that other play, you know, and, and you know, and then you get situations where he's begging and pleading for that call on on smart while, while they go over to the monitor. And after that, every single time, I, I guarantee this. Part of the reason the Celtics did not close out hard on all shooters, not just the threes, but all shooters, really the rest of that game, is because they had in their mind the fact that Smart got that flagrant. I, I swear, right. that's that's I have I have watching those closeouts, they went half-assed on those, and I can't blame them. They gave up six points off of basically one play, you know. So yeah, it, it, there's a penalty there to, for playing the right way. It's crazy, but that's that was the game that those officials called, you know, I mean, I just, I don't understand it. I don't, it's, it's truly, you know, it's when you feel like you do have to play five on eight. We should call this. 
It's only going to get uglier. We should. We should. I know, but I I'm think just, we should, you know, I think we should spare everybody anything that happens at this point on, unless you've got another topic because we're basically we're just turning into just a getting Nick more Nurse. angry. <laughs> yeah, we're just getting escalated. Uh, uh, well, I think Nick Nurse is deserving of a lot of hate and discontent, and I hope everyone can can aim that towards him because uh, you know he's been this sainted figure for the last 12 months and I'm kind of over the Nick nurse experience. So let's take this, these next two days, tell of the world how much Nick nurse is an overrated jackass. Uh, he's a Karen jackass. and we, we really don't want to hear any more from him. Find his ass, get him sitting on a bench and not hear another word from him. And then let's go out and kick their ass on Friday night at nine. That's what I yep. say. Yep. How about just you? Call just call it even. Just call it even. <laughs> if, if, they, if all things being even, the Celtics win this series. Bottom line. All things yeah. being even, I, Celtics I, win this I, I, think, I think everybody knows the Celtics are the are the better team. I don't think I don't think it would have played out the way that it did. I mean, really, you know, Kemba Kemba should be on the line. That's all there is to it. He yep. they went end of regulation. They went to the player with the reputation, and that should have been free throw nation. On to Mil- on to Miami. That's how that should have gone. So That's right. I think I think they'll I think they'll they'll write it. You just wait. You know, there's there's a balancing act now. You know, this this next game will technically be the ho- home game for the Celtics, right? They took no the, no no no, no the it's the away game. That's right. The first yeah. two were away and they won. So either way, um, yeah, I, I still like this reminds me of the Atlanta series in 08. Where oh, the first, first rounder, yeah. There was always shenanigans, always shenanigans in the losses. There was always something weird that shouldn't have happened that ended up happening, and I was, and we were so pissed off because the Celtics were clearly the better team, but they just for weird shit happened in those in games three, four, and six, and it pushed out to seven games. Everyone's like, "Whoa, I thought the Celtics were." And good. it was what they needed. You but know, we talked about Philadelphia so- battle testing this team, but oh, they, you know, the thing is, if they do get through, and you know, we'll be back hopefully to to do another pod before the Milwaukee series. I mean, the Miami series, if we if we do move on on Friday night. But you know, the truth is, is that's going to be a gunslinger. You know, they had the first one's the Bruiser. And then this is the battle of two defenses, but perimeter-oriented teams, you know, offensively. And then the next one's going to be kind of run and gun, right? So a lot of different styles if they get through this game seven with a win and go on to face Miami. Yeah. The Raptors don't deserve it. They, they just don't. And so league office, if you're listening and you're writing the script with Pat Patterson and, and Vince McMahon for game seven, <laughs> it's a better team and they're going to get more eyeballs and remember remember who it is who counts in your nielsen ratings it isn't fans of the raptors it's boston celtics fans so if you want good why ratings, do you think this is going seven why do you think they know we're all going to lose our mind nothing's better for ratings right now than what's happening nothing <laughs> look at us look at us you dropped, I think, your first f bomb on any of these episodes in like what, fifteen years? Uh, well, I, I would imagine after a few of those Cavs or Heat Heat games, I, I must have, 
I must have got pissed on one. I mean, game two, the whole game two thing in 12. I mean, that that's its own special level. But this is the first time since 2012 I've been this upset about officiating and the way it was called. So it would Definitely seem the fitting first. that we would have to go through this to have to face the Miami Heat again. Um, yes. So it's definitely the first pod that, you know, has been kicked off with the WWE or monster truck voice. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome. <laughs> let's not do it uh, again. Another eight years. Let's yeah. Let's take a break on that. Let's just use the Celtics being awesome and to having two outstanding wings and Marcus smart being absolute winning plays. God and Kemba being a completely filthy guy with the ball. Um, I'll throw one other let's, thing. Let's, All right, let's, let's do that. Let's wrap on this too. When they were all huddling up, and I can't remember if it was at the oh. end of one overtime, when Tatum was just bouncing up and down with a big yeah. smile on his face, yeah. he's not sweating it, dude. And he's had a rough series, I think. Like he's yeah. done it, but yeah. he hasn't taken over the way he was. Now, I was so happy to see that because Jalen was clearly ready to rip somebody's head off, and so was Smart. And Kemba was trying to give him the inspirational speech, and Jason was just so chill. And that's right. gonna be. That's the yin and the yang that we've talked about with Tatum and Brown for the future. It's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, that was, it was there. And that, that was, that way be happy. I I loved that. I want to see those, those five guys getting after it here on on Friday night. I'm, I'm pumped and jacked. I'm not sure I'm going to get anything done at work the next two days. I'm just going to be conspiring for ways to make Nick Nurse look stupid. So, kill luck on that one. Friday night in the cage. <laughs> in the cage. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can subscribe to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. We'd certainly appreciate a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And, John, we're going to wrap it just like this. A big thanks to the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso. So, for my co host, John, for me, Justin, appreciate it. Talk to you after Celtics Game 7. Winner.